Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Tuesday, February 1st. Happy Travel Tuesday, everyone, and happy February. 11 months to go in 2022. January flew by for me. I don't know about you, but I'm glad it's February. It's my birthday month, so I'm always glad it's February. (laughs) Uh, But how are those New Year's resolutions coming along, people? How about your travel goals? If you, like me, Struggled and failed a little bit at the kickstart of those resolutions. No need to panic. As I said, 11 months to go into 2022. So you got 11 months to make it a successful year and to meet those goals. I say this in hopes that I myself will actually take these words into action and uh, get started. You know, definitely uh, failed a little bit on those fitness goals for January, but uh, just got to shake it off and move forward, right? We got a great show coming up today. You can uh, hear my interview later on in the show with Steve Schur, president of the Travel Technology Association, to find out what's trending in travel technology right now and uh, what's coming up in the future and what you need to know. But first, as we do for every show, in case this is your first time listening, let's dive into what's been trending in the world of travel lately. We begin with some cruise news and the Crystal Cruises dilemma. Uh, Crystal Cruises had to unfortunately suspend operations earlier this month. Parent company Genting Hong Kong ran out of cash. Uh, This actually led to an arrest warrant for unpaid fuel for the ship Crystal Symphony as it uh, had to divert to the Bahamas, forcing passengers to then be ferried to Fort Lauderdale. That is quite the unique cruise experience, and so is being three days into a world cruise, only to be told that the cruise line has got to shut it down. That's exactly what happened to passengers on the Crystal Serenity, which uh, actually just got turned away from Aruba a couple days ago. Uh, Some passengers were supposed to be joining Regent Seven Seas in Aruba to continue on with cruising, Two more Caribbean destinations, you know, jumping lines there to kind of save the day, which, you know, kudos to Region 7 Seas for being, you know, on board with that and everything. But uh, Crystal Serenity didn't make it to Aruba. They weren't allowed to port there. So they went to Bahamas. Uh, So now all that is up in the air. Uh, Unfortunate situation there. So, you know, the cruise experience has been uh, through a wild ride now over the last few years. But the future is still bright. The Cruise Lines International Association actually released its 2022 State of the Cruise Industry Outlook uh, last week with some great data. Nearly 100% of CLIA's ocean-going capacity is projected to sail by August. 272 ships across 86 countries and regions are projected to sail throughout 2022. And uh, every 24 cruisers actually supports one full-time job. And they found that cruise passengers spend an average of $750 in port cities. Uh, That kind of surprised me. Maybe it didn't to you. Let me know your thoughts on that. But um, that's amazing. And, you know, maybe that'll increase in the future as, you know, these cruises can actually get back into the water and go in and visit more and more places around the world without restrictions. And you get more passengers on board that could increase. And that's a really good thing for businesses out there and locations and destinations and small businesses too. So CLIA is actually, um, continuing on with their outlook of the industry. Uh, they actually said that they are pursuing a goal of net carbon neutral cruising by 2050. So it's about a more sustainable, cruise industry, and that's what they're building towards. By 2027, CLIA member lines will operate 26 ships powered by liquid natural gas, said to be one of the cleanest marine fuels, and 231 ships will have advanced wastewater treatment systems, and 174 will be able to connect to shoreside power, letting them shut down their engines while docked. So all about you know becoming more sustainable and building a better travel industry, because that's what we all need to do and take actionable steps to move forward and progress with that. Um, some of the other data they had was the top five cruise markets for the 20 from 2018 to 2020. And no surprise, North America remains in the number one spot comprising 51% of the world's source market and the number one cruise destination in the world through that time period was, uh, the Caribbean Bahamas and Bermuda region. So no surprise there. That was a uh, 44% of passenger volume from 2018 to 2020. Do you have a cruise planned for 2022? 
Let me know which destinations you'll be visiting. Email me, podcast at travelpulse.com. I'd love to hear about your upcoming travel plans. Speaking of destinations, there are some key updates on popular tourist spots around the world. And the big one over January is that there were 100 travel advisories issued throughout the month. The U.S. State Department added level four do not travel advisories to what seemed like everywhere around the world. I mean, not entirely. There's, you know, some level threes in there, some twos and all that good stuff. Uh, But level four was popular for countries um, like Aruba, Canada, Egypt, the Bahamas, Mexico and Jamaica, all due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic and the recent Omicron surge. So remember the folks that these are recommendations. This is not a mandatory do not travel thing. So take that as you will. My Me personally, I recommend that you work with a travel advisor to find out what type of vacation is best for you at this time. In other destination news, countries like Greece, France, Spain have all added booster shot requirements. And basically what that means is if you got your, if you got your first vaccination you know, yesterday, you're not going to need a booster shot, obviously, to be able to get in there. They're still going to take you in that. But if you got your second uh, vaccination shot, you know, seven, eight, nine months ago or whenever you could, or a year ago or whatever, you're going to need a booster shot to enter into those countries, um, as well as some cruise lines, too, like Azamara, Silver Sea Cruises, and uh, Lindblad Expeditions. So booster shot requirements, I think, are going to become kind of uh, the, the next wave here of um, additions into the travel restrictions world. But hey, not every place is adding requirements. Thailand, the United Kingdom, and Ireland has all eased travel restrictions to varying degrees throughout the last month here, making it easier for international travelers to visit. Love to see that. Israel reopened this month to travelers earlier. Um, The Philippines and Morocco announced that they will open in February to international tourism, with the Philippines opening February 10th to foreign tourists and Morocco on February 7th. Love to see that. I, I went to Morocco in 2017, and I cannot wait to get back. It was a fantastic destination, a fantastic trip. Um, my wife lets me know about it every single time the word Morocco pops up in any conversations of anything, too, because she couldn't join me on that trip. So I owe her a trip to Morocco. Hopefully, whenever we go, though, we won't have to take a test back into the U.S. Um, that's what Asta wants as well. Asta actually sent a letter to the White House seeking rule changes for travel, requesting exempting fully vaccinated citizens from CDC inbound testing rule. Part of their statement reads, in our view, The inbound testing order remains the single biggest barrier to the full recovery of the international travel system on which so many of our members and their clients rely for their livelihoods. As we enter the third year of the pandemic and reflect on how far the science related to COVID-19 mitigation has advanced since the order was first put in place in January 2021, we respectfully request that the fully vaccinated U.S. citizens be exempted from the order. According to the CDC, the best way to slow the spread of COVID-19 is for individuals to get vaccinated. Vaccinated individuals are five times less likely to be infected and 10 times less likely to experience hospitalization or death due to COVID-19 than unvaccinated individuals. Exempting more than 200 million Americans who are fully vaccinated from the order would reflect the scientific consensus that widespread vaccinations are the single most important element of the fight against COVID-19 while allowing the travel industry's recovery to begin in earnest. It would also incentivize those who aren't vaccinated to consider becoming so, restoring an incentive that existed for a mere 28 days between the effective dates of the administration's October 25th and December 2nd updates to the order. Moreover, a growing number of countries have recently moved in the direction of removing the pre-departure test requirement for the fully vaccinated, including the United Kingdom, Ireland, Sweden, and others, and the European Union now recommends its member states not require vaccinated residents to undergo pre-departure tests. End quote. You can read more about the letter, full letter, uh, up on TravelPulse.com. But yes, I am here for this. I'm absolutely here for this, folks. This is what we should be moving forward to. And I hope it happens eventually. This 
you know, spring, maybe, you know, definitely the summer. I think that should be a way, you know, I think it should sooner than later, uh, removing this rule, I think would significantly increase the number of international trips booked in 2022. So I'd love to see it. I know many of you listening right now would love to see that as well. It would generate a lot of more businesses for travel advisors out there. But, you know, despite all these advisories and new requirements and put, you know, rules into place, millions of people are still out there traveling. The next big holiday coming up to entice people to travel is Valentine's Day, followed by the President's Day holiday weekend in February. My birthday weekend, I'm taking off. I don't know if I'm going anywhere yet, though. Um, that's kind of a, maybe a little spontaneous aspect, but um, I don't know if I'll go to any of these places on Allianz's top five lists here, uh, the top five cities uh, in the U.S. for travel over that period of time. And these holidays right coming up is Orlando, number one, Las Vegas, two, Fort Lauderdale, three, Miami, four, and Phoenix, number five. A little surprised that Fort Lauderdale was higher than Miami, but I mean, most people, if you fly down to Fort Lauderdale, you're probably going to make a day trip out to Miami, vice versa. So um, Fort Lauderdale kind of kind of blowing up there a little bit. Good for them. And the top five in the international, no surprise, Mexico it dominates there. We've got Cancun at number one, Mexico City two, Los Cabos three, Puerto Vallarta four, and then Montego Bay, Jamaica, rounding it out at number five. You can see the rest of that top 10 list over up on travelpulse.com. Let me know what your upcoming travel plans are, though. Podcast at travelpulse.com is the email address to reach out to me and as we move over to air travel news and what's been happening in the airlines obviously this past weekend was a lot of cancellations unfortunately and delays because of the nor'easter it impacted several flights so hopefully you were not one of those in air travel news though the air travel demand is predicted to come roaring back and along with it that means high airfare pricing so if you don't want to pay a ton now is a good time to book really it's the best time January is the best time for booking travel, period, in my opinion. Right now, you know, it's February 1st. We're still transitioning. You don't know what this spring and summer is really going to look like in terms of the pandemic impact along the travel sector. But uh, Travel App Hopper, they recently published their Consumer Airfare Index this month and it forecasted, or this past month, rather, and it forecasted domestic airfare pricing will increase by 7% each month through June 2022 and then achieve 2019 levels by April. So airfare pricing is going to start rising. Scott, Scott Keys, though, founder of Scott's Cheap Flights, he did say that his company's analysts expect to continue to see great deals on international flights, at least through this winter, though average airfare pricing in 2022 is likely to become more expensive than 2021. I think a lot of people in the industry, if you, you know that that is, that is where we're headed, unfortunately, but it doesn't mean that it should greatly impact your travel plans. Just make sure you book early. And uh, make sure you find ways to find those deals. And uh, Scott's Cheap Flights, they did their state of cheap flights in 2022. And they said a boom in last minute deals on flights is expected to continue. Whereas in pre-pandemic times, the last minute flights tended to be more expensive. Now airlines are dropping last minute prices in efforts to fill empty seats. And um, Scott from Scott Cheap Flights, he said, quote, airfare is the single most volatile purchase most Americans make. And so while many people will overplay, overpay for flights this year, and thus bump up the average airfare, that doesn't mean cheap flights will disappear. End quote. So, speaking of Scott's Cheap Flights, though, I do got to give them a shout out and a plug because they put together a really fun game for travelers called Air Portal. Uh, it's, have you heard of the game Wordle that is uh, kind of sweeping uh, the social media out there? It is a web-based game, and the guy from Reddit put it together, and 
uh, just built it over the pandemic uh, to has a fun game for him and his partner to play. And now it has been bought by the New York Times. So it's still planning to remain free now. I don't know if it will in the future now that they've got their hands on it, but it's a fun little simplistic game. You get six chances to guess a five letter word. And as you guess, it tells you in green, if you got the letter correct in the correct spot and the yellow means that the letter is in the word, but it's in the wrong spot. So that's Wordle, but Scott's Chiefs Flights, they came up with the concept of Air Portal, which is a similar concept, but it's all designed based on IATA airport codes. So it's only three letters. The first one I did took me about six tries, took me all six tries to land on MSP. Um, today for February 1st, it's, uh, I can tell you that it's not ATL, at least, uh, because that I won't give it away, obviously, but um, that's my home airport. So that's my strategy for guessing in this game is to always start with the same one. I did the same thing for Wordle. Uh, cause one day I'll be right on the first guess, you know, that's my, that's my go-to there. And uh, I go from there, but I will tell you that I have failed to guess correctly a few times now on Wordle. I'm not on Wordle, um, on AirPortal, excuse me. All right. Okay. Who, who are we kidding? I've, I've failed on Wordle as well, <laughs> but I've, I've failed on uh, AirPortal here. I need to improve my airport code knowledge. Um, I, I failed today, but it's a fun little game for travelers out there. Definitely give it a shot. If you, um, feel you're pretty confident in your airport IATA codes there. So that wraps up what is trending in travel. Any additional thoughts, drop me an email podcast at travelpulse.com. Let's jump on over to our interview segment now. And now joining me on the podcast is Steve Schur, president of the Travel Technology Association. Welcome to the show, Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Eric. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it, man. Thank you for taking the time to join me. Would you uh, just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your role in the travel industry? Sure. Yeah. Well, I run an, an organization called the Travel Technology Association. We're the trade group for online travel agents, meta search sites, short-term rental platforms, global distribution systems, and travel management companies. Uh, largely, we represent uh, the travel marketplace. And when consumers have the ability to search, compare, and travel, it's because of what our members do and the technology they deploy. Fantastic. Yeah, technology is so important in today's travel industry. And a lot has happened over the last uh, few years, obviously, and a, a lot still to come, you know, this year and in the future. So we're just going to dive right into these questions. And I got to ask, what is trending in travel technologies these days? Well, as I just described, you know, travel and, and technology and innovation in my world really is talks is about improving the customer experience from inspiration to shopping, to booking, to payments, uh, to completing a trip. And so what our members strive to do is to utilize technology to streamline and improve the customer experience. As part of that, also, uh, they're using their technology to facilitate a competitive marketplace because we know that when consumers have the ability to comparison shop and there's transparency across all uh, supply uh, channels, then uh, the consumers win. And similarly, that same technology allows suppliers to reach those consumers who choose to shop for travel, those brand agnostic travelers who are just looking for the best deal, the best itinerary that fits their needs for a particular trip. And so from virtual reality experiences to new payment methods and modes, the industry is rapidly evolving right now to meet the new realities of how travelers are inspired, how they shop, how they plan and how they book travel. And that's what our members are working on right now. And how have things changed uh, during the pandemic? Because obviously, you know, travel industry was hit the hardest among all industries out there and technology plays a vital role in today's travel experience. So just talk a little bit about that. And over the last uh, two years here uh, as uh, what you guys have experienced. 
the, to the pandemic has been uh, obviously uh, incredibly impactful on the travel industry. And for many travelers, tra- traveling during the pandemic was scary. Um, but one of the things we do know, and, and there's light at the end of the tunnel, which is that we're, we know there's pent up demand. Um, we know that the predictions indicate that there will be a return to pre-pandemic levels in a matter of a year or two or three at the longest uh, and so travel is inherent. It's resilient. People always want to travel and travel's making, you know, travel technology is making um, access to travel more convenient, more accessible than ever before. For us, you know, how are things changed for the pandemic? Well, when it first started, it created a customer service nightmare uh, for not only all of my members, but everyone in the travel industry. Uh, and so one of the things that's resulted from that experience is that uh, the the OTAs, for example, have invested heavily in the customer service experience um, to solve such issues in terms of scalability, in terms of chat features, in terms of automation, right? So the pandemic and all the challenges that it created actually fostered a new wave of innovation and technology so that we can address these uh, challenges in the future. Um, we also saw a spike in interest in short-term rentals. And the reason for that, I believe, is that in the height of the pandemic, when people wanted or needed to get away, they were more comfortable in a short-term rental than they were in a hotel where they could isolate with friends and family or be nearer to friends and family. And so the short-term rental platforms and homeowners and hosts fared comparatively better than a lot of other aspects within the travel industry. And again, it's the the travel technology platforms like Airbnb and Verbo and Booking.com that have enabled that marketplace to thrive and grow. Yeah, the short-term rentals have been a boom and, you know, villas and all sorts of any experience that you can get and you can be in your own space with your family. That has really been a big hit. And you got to see, you know, uh, I think I don't think that's going away. I think I think those sh- um, short-term rentals, the easy properties that you can gather as a f- full family, whether it's, you know, it's seven of you or 15 of you, you know, some of those offer they offer lots of different options out there. And w- would you agree with that? I would. I would. Although I also say that the airlines, the hotels, car rental companies did a good job of restoring and maintaining traveler confidence by instituting health and safety measures on their own right. And so it's this balance, right? The beauty of having short-term rentals as an accommodation option is it's just another option for travelers when they're choosing to plan and book a vacation or a trip. And so choice is paramount. Uh, our, Our members, these platforms provide access to essentially all of your options in one place. And I think that's what really the trend is in the future. And when we see an increase in usage of short-term rentals, um, at least before the pandemic, we also saw record, uh, um, excuse me, record uh, occupancy rates at hotels. And what that told us is more people are traveling, they're traveling more often, and sometimes they choose a hotel and sometimes they choose a short-term rental, which is a, a great benefit to the entire travel ecosystem. Yeah, the travel industry wins as a whole if you've got options and choices is is how I, I view it as well. So people want to have uh, their say in how they travel. And, you know, uh, the pandemic obviously impacted that a little bit um, over these past two years. But, you know, we're progressing forward and uh, having more and more options, uh, I think, is a good thing. For sure. Yeah, more options, more choice, more transparency. It's good for not only consumers, but it's also for, good for the suppliers who are trying to reach those consumers. Definitely. So. Uh, moving along, what did you make of uh, the airlines and the 5G uh, saga over the last month as the 5G technology is making its way into our world here and everything? And that was kind of a, an issue over the uh, throughout January um, in the airline sector. 
Well, the technical aspects of that 5G issue are obviously incredibly complicated. Um, and for us, uh, what we saw was that it happened at a time when the airlines were already struggling with staffing issues, with weather delays, um, and it created somewhat of a perfect storm for travelers. And with delays and cancellations and backups at the airports, we all saw the, the video on the news about the number of people who were uh, in airports for lengthy periods of time. The 5G episode just contributed to that. It was a terrible uh, coincidence of, of events that took place. Um, but what we saw as a result of not just the 5G issue, but you know delays and weather cancellations over the holiday season was that consumers are increasingly looking for refundable fares, refundable hotel rooms, and flexibility. Because what we've learned over the last two years is there's so much uncertainty. We think that the pandemic is waning and people book their travel only to realize that, well, there's a new variant and now we can't travel. And so that flexibility is becoming an important option for travelers. And I'll note when you're shopping for a hotel or a flight on an online travel site, you have access to purchase these non-refundable fares or non-refundable rooms, I'm sorry, refundable fares and refundable rooms. And so that's giving consumers a little bit more confidence. Uh, it may cost a little bit more, but it gives you the ability to make a last minute change. And I think the 5G experience, again, with the weather delays and the staffing issues over the holiday in, in conjunction with a surge in travelers, travelers are going to want more flexibility. And that's a trend that we're seeing across the board. Definitely. Flexibility is key as we uh, progress forward and try to recover in the, the travel industry and giving consumers and um, options to you know be able to change on a whim uh, because we've seen that with the Delta variant and now Omicron as well. So and who knows what uh, is on the horizon? Hopefully, you know, better days ahead, obviously, but you, you never know. And we've experienced that you never know aspect so much in these last two years. Right. Yeah, we're 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 optimistic that we're going to be able to get through it this year. This is the year of recovery. Uh, let's hope that there are no more variants that set right. us back. But uh, we have to learn to live with this virus now. I think most governments around the world and even the WHO is recognizing this is now an endemic and we have to have policies and we have to have um, a look towards the future that that acknowledges the existence of this virus in our societies and, and deal with it. And we are. And, and so uh, I think that uh, we'll be getting back to travel and in pre-pandemic levels uh, before we know it. I agree. Yeah. So as we look to the future, um, which travel industry sector's future do you think will be impacted most by technology, hotels and resorts, the cruise industry or airlines and airports and the air travel sector? Well, I think I think technology is going to play a critical role in, in every one of those um, and, and in a different way. I mean, I think for airports, it it's, could be things like facial recognition and tech, touchless technology that enable a, a more streamlined process to get um, on board and, and, and the traveling process, the traveling um, uh, itself uh, for te for hotels, it could mean, again, a more automated experience. We're seeing everything where you don't have to stop at the front desk. You have virtual keys. There's AI devices in the rooms like Alexa that serve as virtual concierges. So technology is going to be integral to anything and everything related to travel uh, moving forward. And again, for us, for our members, it's about uh, the customer experience and making sure that the customers have access to all of their options um, in real time with updates uh, through the apps with real time communication. And so it's this um, uh, new evolution of technologies that are going to give consumers the power to have all their options 
to be able to make changes on the fly, to be able to be alerted when there are disruptions or challenges. Um, and so that's going to be the future. Yeah, technology is all about making things easier for us, right? And, and in the travel industry sector, you know, I I think with the the apps and everything, that, that does make it easier at times, but there also can be some issues with that. I know I've experienced issues with trying to reuse uh, my, my phone and an app um, as the room key, and then it just, I couldn't get in, and there was a whole ordeal with that. So personally, I like I like an actual key myself, but maybe that's uh, old school. Maybe, maybe my opinion will change in, you know, five years if uh, the technology is even better and more advanced than that. I don't know, but uh, I'm sure there's, you know, those types of issues that a lot of people have to work through as well. Um, I think that's the key. I think it's an evolution. So um, we're already seeing some places that have virtual key in your example there. Um, That technology is only going to get better and more streamlined uh, and deployed as more and more hotels adopt that. That's just one example. But I think that, um, you know, it's, it's an ongoing process. Everyone in the travel industry is looking at the technology landscape for the future and what it means. And they're investing huge amounts of money in research and development to meet those demands and to meet the, the next challenges for travel technology. Definitely. So how do you think travelers can use technology today, right now, to improve their overall vacation experience? Research and information. It's what our members do best. Knowing before you go is the most important component of travel, especially now with travel restrictions and safety requirements and closures and masks and vaccinations. Uh, Knowing what you're getting into and having a resource at your disposal that gives you the information you need to make an informed choice and also information you need while you're on your trip. And so getting real-time updates on your mobile device from your OTA is an example of that. Um, And then, you you know, who knows? Uh, There's so many interesting things being developed out there. I'm familiar with a tour company that's developing an augmented reality solution that allows you to walk down a historic street and feel and hear what life was like back in the day. So rather than seeing the Starbucks in real life in front of you, uh, you look through either uh, augmented reality glasses or on your phone and you're seeing lifelike images of the baker and the blacksmith that once dominated that streetscape. It's going to completely transform the experience for a visitor, particularly for a historic site like that, in my example. And so, again, that's just one example. There are a lot of interesting things that are being developed. And I think uh, travelers are the ones who are going to benefit from this technology into the future. Oh, absolutely. You, you, have, you have me sold right there. I can imagine doing that in so many places in Europe. That would be Absolutely fantastic to be able to just take a look into the past. And uh, there's a lot of history buffs out there. And that's what the reason they travel. And uh, so I think that that would be pretty cool. And I'm, I'm excited to see what, you know, the future holds uh, for travel in that. So, you know, forecasting a little bit and, you know, playing a little uh, hypothetical, I guess, and uh, just uh, prog- prognosticating here uh, 10, 20, 50 years from now, having a little fun with it. What role do you think uh, technology will play in travel? Uh, I mean, we're going to have like a, a crap ton of robots everywhere. Like, what, what do you think? I think we'll see. I think we'll see some robots uh, for sure. You know, we, we already see that on college campuses making deliveries and things like that. But uh, no, I, I think the future, you know, 20 years from now, 50 years, the lines between virtual and reality are going to be blurred with wearables and automation, uh, maybe even implants, who knows, um, and, and it will affect and change the way we see and experience the world. Uh, but one thing's not going to change really is that people are always going to want to get up and go somewhere and experience life in 3D with friends and family and work colleagues. And so regardless of what technology is deployed, and yes, it's going to make the experiences better, it's going to benefit consumers in a big way, um, people are still gonna wanna travel. We know that demand is coming back. We know that it's there. Um, that most people are, are already planning their vacation for the summer. 
travel is inherent and resilient and people will always want to hit the road. And I think we can count on that not changing despite all the technology that's going to be deployed. I agree. Yeah. Everyone has got that pent up demand over the last few years and we've really experienced the need to uh, get out there and, and see the world and explore. Uh, me personally, I hope there are still people when I walk into a hotel and, and not robots and things like that. So I uh, like that human connection there. So, uh, but yeah, robots, I'm sure will be in there. I mean, we've already seen it some, you've got robots like cleaning things and uh, creating user experiences of different things, making drinks on cruise ships, which is cool. But you know, I, I like a bartender. What can I say? You know? Right. <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll have a long period where it's going to be a hybrid as these things are rolled out. There's always going to be that human experience to make sure that the customers are well served. All right. Thank you so much, Steve. I appreciate it. Um, any any last uh, words you want to shout out to our listeners, how they can get in touch with you or, or uh, uh, the Travel Technology Association or anything like that? Yeah, thanks, Eric. I really enjoyed our conversation today. Our website is traveltech.org. Uh, we're based in Washington, D.C., and I uh, look forward to uh, recovery of the travel industry as are our members and get out there and visit your favorite online travel site, meta search site, short-term rental platform, and, and uh, search, compare, and be inspired, and go and book your travel, and we'll see you out there. So thank you. Thanks again to Steve for jumping on the show today and talking all things travel technology. Had a great time there. If you'd like to be on the show in the future, Drop me a line. I've, I've uh, said the email a few times on the show already, so you know it. Let me know what you're all about, what you could bring to the table, what your specialty is, expertise, all that good stuff. And we'll see if we can fit you into the schedule. Uh, February is shaping up pretty nicely. In a few weeks, I will be taking a trip down to Mexico and doing a podcast on location in Ray Rear Maya. So very much looking forward to that because this is a travel podcast. And when I can travel and do the podcast at the same time, it brings me a lot of joy. And I hope it brings you a lot of joy, too, as the listener. So... That's all the time we have for this week, folks. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. 